from the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders, we are the Forum for the Fan, the Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo, here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we are the Forum for the Fans, the Bleed Blue Show, Nickelbacker Avenue Fan Forum. Post game versus the Nets, the Nets beat the Knicks. Is that a surprise? Probably not, but uh, it's kind of how things kind of develop, and you're not surprised that the leads are being blown, but to see it or witness it in real time, and then you see that, damn, man, this team can't hold on to leads uh, versus uh, better opponents on most nights, and this is just another night where the Nick. Uh, a lot of the Knicks front run with their uh, the opportunities. They get to double-digit leads, maybe balloon to 20, but then aren't able to secure the deal. Um, the season is already over. This is an official uh, Nick funeral episode because this is our last regular season uh, game to discuss the Knicks. So there's a lot to actually weigh in on with the Knicks. So it's going to be nothing, pretty much nothing but Knicks because next week it's going to be nothing but NBA play in action. It's nothing but, you know, the real teams, you know, the playoff teams uh, to get in on, uh, talk about the playing games next week as the regular season ends on Sunday. But uh, there's so many things to discuss, man. Um, we're going to use the, the entire hour to discuss it, man. You know, I heard on the broadcast talking about RJ Barrett, Max contract, who, where, what, why? You know what I'm saying? Are you crazy? <laughs> we got decisions to make. We got a lot of decisions to make. So let's talk because this is a Knicks funeral because this is the last regular season game. Uh, we do a post game or a regular season game talking Knicks uh, because their season is going to be over on Sunday. Uh, Nick funeral. Um, let's talk about it, man. Um, so much to discuss. So when you come on, please mute your background noise when you're not speaking, and let's utilize this hour to as much as we can, man. Because this is the last time I'm going to talk about it this regular season before we get into the draft stuff after the uh, NBA playoffs. Nickelbacker Avenue, our source for the seats for the Knicks. We got Shelly with us, but Av, you first. Say hello, sir. How you doing? And then we'll get Shelly on, and of course you chime in whenever you can. Av, how you doing, sir? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you're all dressed in black because it's time for a funeral. It is. Yeah, I should have said it like this. Paul Bear number one, Nickelbacker Avenue. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Oh, yeah. No, I can't do that. Right, anyway. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right. I'm Paul Bear number two on this. Now, Shelly, I don't know if you carry caskets. Uh, I don't think we should be asking you for that, but if you want to deliver a, a eulogy, by all means, Shelly, hello. How you doing? Say hello. And then we'll, let's start off with uh, Ab. How you doing, Shelly? Hello. 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 I'm dressed in black, believe it or not. I actually right. have on a black sweatshirt, but I didn't know I was dressing for a funeral when the night started. But I am. I don't know what to say. Yeah, we, no, I'm um, not carrying we, the casket. Too heavy for me. I understand. We understand. I watch you guys. Like, we, 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 we do this every year. Um, 
Okay. Uh, last regular season game, the Knicks do that we're on. We we kind of reflect on the season. So this is the episode. I can't believe it came up so fast. Like I said, next Wednesday we'll get into the playing stuff. The, you know, all the other teams. So if you're not speaking, mute your background ba- background noise. But Ev, man, there's a lot of things to discuss. Um, I want to say this first and foremost, and then Ev, you could because I have to get this off my chest. You already know what I stand with this Ev, and I'm I'm just tired of the I would say tired. I disagree a lot with a lot of Knicks fans on how they look at Julius Randle. Okay, um, he is not the reason why the Knicks are not winning, and his his stats are pretty much damn near the same every year he's been as a Nick. Av, you know more than anybody, Shelley, and live when he's on Dominic. The Knicks issue was a front office issue this season. It played out. As much as I like Alec Burks, he's still out of position and going up against elite point guards like tonight and Kyrie Irving, stripping him in crucial possessions is exactly what I'm talking about as far as protecting the basketball when you have a, a true number one. That would never have happened with Derrick Rose in the lineup or a guard who could handle the rock. The Knicks have sloppy turnovers. They can't hit free throws. And now we got contract situations to worry about uh, after Sunday. But Av. Uh, I don't know where you stand on about Julius Randle because I, it's not that I don't like – I like Julius Randle. I think his body language on the court rubs Nick fans the wrong way, not me, but Nick fans in general. And his to blame him as if he's the scapegoat for the Knicks fuck-up this, this year is totally inaccurate. But I would like you, for you to at least get your two cents on that, and as well as not just this game, but all the Knicks – you know, you know, R.J. Barrett contract situation, Mitchell Robinson, anything you like to talk about since this is the last regular season game for the Knicks. This that we're this is a sad, this is a, a a sad turn of events that you know that the season's over. Um, this coming from, uh, yeah, given you know it ends on Sunday, but you know technically for us, you know the fan form, it's gonna you know it's gonna go on hiatus for a little while, um, and what sucks is that. You know, I'm the same guy that early, you know, when the season first started, this team would make the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, you did say that. Yeah, I don't right. – <laughs> I, I, I did say that. And we're not even making the play-in. Um, so let's just go over what really went wrong with this team. Because I don't blame Julius Randle. As much as I want to blame Julius Randle, I can't. It's not humanly possible. For, you know, you can't – you couldn't blame Julius Randle for Derrick Rose going down. You can't blame Julius Randle for the youngins not getting played, getting any minutes from, from, from Tom Thibodeau. You can't blame him for every single game. I mean, there's some games where, yeah, you can definitely put, you know, point the finger at him because he either took the last shot or, he, or, 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 you know, he called for the ball or, you know, he, he, he had a costly turnover or whatever the case may be. But you can't blame him. But I understand why, you know, the Knicks Twitterverse and most Knicks fans all over around the city do blame Julius Randle. And it's quite frankly, he's the closest thing to a superstar that we have. For years, I'm not just talking about Knicks fans, but Knicks fans in general. But all the, all the teams that we cover and all the teams that are encompassing in this city, we're always looking for that one person to blame the face of the franchise, whether it was Rex Ryan at one point or, 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 or it was Derek Jeter or it was 
uh, you know, Carmelo Anthony, or it was, you know, Henrik Lundqvist, or it was, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Whether it was Eli Manning, now you're, now you're, you're getting on Danny Dimes now. You, you, you know, I'm pretty sure, Steve, you hear this on all the platforms, and at one point or another, we got fans, the loyal and devoted and very, you know, heartfelt fans, put the blame or try to alleviate the blame off of the, the, the face of the franchise. Now, whether Julius wanted to or not, he is. You know, he, he's getting – he got that big, um, that big contract at, at, you know, in the offseason. He, he won the, the NBA's Most Improved Player Award last year. He led the team in just about almost in, – in very, very many statistical categories, and – he did so again this year, but when you look at you know the team outcome, you, you're looking at him and saying, why aren't you doing more? Now, Julius put a big target on his back when he started having a you know this love hate relationship with the fans and the media of New York City, which is something that I don't understand because you this is something you either a used to, or b you knew going in what kind of an animal it is to be a professional sports um, figure in New York City for the hometown team. And not to mention, you are playing at Madison Square Garden, which, you know, say whatever you want to say. I, I, I know that people are saying that the garden is, not, is no longer the Mecca or, you know, people are not, you know, it's not what it is. It's still Madison Square Garden. It's still, the, the, you know, the world's greatest stage. And you're still talking about the world's largest, you know, the, the country's largest city with, with the number one media market. So when it comes to this, since since Leon Rose is, you know, an APB is out on him, no one's seen Dolan for a while. No one's seen Scott Perry. Tom Thibodeau can only do but so much because at the end of the day, he's not on the floor. Julius Randle is. So I understand why the blame is going on him. But is it improperly placed on him? Absolutely. Because there was a number of different things that happened this season that made this team not, not Joe. A lot of it is the other players themselves, you, you know, because it's, I, I don't, I don't buy that you can just blame Julius Randle and not, not turn your eye on the other players. I mean, for Christ's sake, you, you know, we can, we can go down the list. You know, we can say that, that RJ Barrett still hasn't, hasn't consistently hit that jump shot or that Obi Toppin hasn't developed one, but yet, you know, the last couple of games, you know, they're showing it. How about that Mitchell Robinson hasn't been hasn't stayed healthy for all eighty you know eighty two games? How about the fact that you know that Nerlens Noel never played a lick? How about Alec Burch playing out of position? How about Derrick Rose not you know not ever coming back and and getting all these setbacks? How about you know Tom Thibodeau's you know coaching method? How why the Knicks all of a sudden abandoned the defensive? Um, identity that they established last year. You, why did we sign Kemba Walker? Why did we sign Evan Fournier? Evan, you know, both those guys got big contracts and they didn't perform up to the standards that we were expecting to. But, uh, you know, right or wrong, it's the fact that, you know, you're in New York City and the expectations are astronomical. But to say that Julius Randle is the reason that the Knicks are, you know, are not going to the playoffs is a very asinine statement. You can blame anything else 
including Julius Randle. I must say, I'm not completely alleviating him of, of any responsibility, but I wouldn't put the sole blame on one player. It's the same thing that we did with Carmelo Anthony for years, the same thing we did with Patrick Ewing in his day. You know, even Willis and Willis Reed got the same freaking blame when you know after the Knicks fell out of the glory years of the championships, and then when he actually became the head coach for a little while. And for some people who don't remember that, the the fact of the matter is is that you can't. You know, this is a team sport. The whole team has to you know take the brunt of of the of the blame here, not just Julius Randle. But I understand the scapegoat theory. This is the, the nation's largest city, and in this city, many people don't want to be held responsible for anything. You want to hold someone else responsible. So right now, because Julius has this issue going on with the fans and the media, and he's rubbing people the wrong way, and it doesn't seem like he has a, you know this attitude of wanting to be here like he did had last year, I can understand why it's so easy to blame him, but it's just because it's easy to do so doesn't mean that it's actually true or relevant. It's not, you know, it's, it's improperly placed. And I urge fans, you know, instead of looking at Julius Randle, look at the other 14, 15 players on the next team. Did anybody else really, you know, improve? Emmanuel quickly, we were, you know, everybody's so big on him last year. Has he improved? No, he still takes erratic freaking three-point shots, no, whether he has the green light or not. Obi Toppin, he, he took some steps yeah. over the last couple of weeks while Julius is out. We, we can go through Where all of those it? players one by one. We could go through all of them one by one. Exactly. Uh, you, can go through, you can go up and down the line, and you can say, well, where was this effort and this performance when it, when it counted the most, when we were still in the thick of things? when we were trying to, you know, to get into the play-in. When we were out of the play-in and, 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 and when we were on the cusp of, you know, of at least being in the conversation. That kind of, you know, you look at all these players, it's like, did, did anyone else really improve? Julius Randle didn't improve either, but he maintained. R.J. Barrett took some steps, but it wasn't enough. All the other players, they were there. They had some good games, but at the end of the day, were, were they consistent? No. So you can't blame number 30. I'm sorry. I know it's easy to do, but it's not. Now, and, and now with these bullshit freaking um, reports of, you know, that he wants he asked for it to be traded, and now he's denying it and this, that, and the third. I think that's all uh, bullshit, man. Listen, I hate I, the media. I, I, honestly, I hate the media. I honestly – they, they, they make it I honestly that. feel that uh, I honestly feel that this was freaking created by some you know weird weirdo blogger that was trying to get hit on their website, exactly. and all they have to do all they have to do is put guys like Berman or Bondi or whoever, you know, or, or Stephen A. or whoever the fuck, and say, oh, per him, because I don't I don't ever recall Mark Berman actually confirming these reports. Never once. I don't give a fuck. And I, 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 boys, I, be honest with you. But no, but um, I, but 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 it, it, but, but, it, but, it, but it, it's like this, Steve. If I say I heard you told me that Carmelo Anthony wants to come back to the Knicks, 
I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put you, I'm going to tag you and say, yo, you told me this. And then it would be up to you whether to confirm it or deny it. Reverend never did. And yet everybody else ate it up. And now everyone's on fuck Julius Randall train. And it's so much that I, ref- it's like the other week I was about ready to buy a jersey and I just like, you know what, I'm going to hold off on buying a jersey because I don't want to wear anybody's number right now. And the I mean, number one, wear, the biggest. Uh, if you're going to wear number 30, might as well, if you're going to wear number 30, might as well be Bernard King, you know what I mean? That's the only issue I have with Julius exactly. Randle. Exactly. Outside of that, I don't really have an issue necessarily. See, I, my my whole thing, let's go to Shelly, and we got another Paul Bear in the house. We're going to bring him on. You know him very well, uh, Nigga Baka Half. Uh, Shelly, let's just jump right into you. Your average just went on, and, and he got a lot of points. We're going to go through each individual Nick, if they approve, disapprove. Shelly, fire away. What's your thoughts? This is the, uh, well, the Nick funeral I, I episode. Actually, I agree with a lot of stuff he said. In fact, I agree with pretty much everything he said. I'm I'm sad right now that the season is 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 over. You know, um, I thought at the beginning of the year, I thought we were a playoff team. I didn't think we were going to the finals, but I thought we were a playoff team. And I had hopes that you know we would get out of the first round. That was my expectation, and uh, we were all wrong about that. But it, it really isn't. Julius Randle's fault, but you got to look at it like he is the face of the franchise, so he's going to take a lot of the blame. And last year with the media, you know, the season went well. The Knicks had a good year. They were playing well. Everybody was happy. Everybody was on the bandwagon. The media was fine. He had a good relationship with the media. This year, they didn't live up to their expectations. Everybody's going after Julius, and he just turn sour on it. I mean, he is human. I get it. You know, his son was, he was, you know, talking about his son at one interview, you know, where he wanted to take him out of it because his son didn't quite understand what was going on with all the negativity. And I get it. And like I said, he is human. I get it. But at the end of the day, you know, he turned against the media as much as they turned against him. So he was getting hit with a lot. I get it. I understand it. But I said he is the face of the franchise. His numbers haven't changed, but the whole team, the whole team chemistry is different this year than it was last year. They have players where they expected certain things to come of them, and it didn't happen. You know, they expected Fournier was going to come in. He was going to get us some points. He did score some points, but they lost a lot on defense. Kemba, Mm. you know, he never panned out to what they thought he was. I mean, I look at him, he's still injured. He's good for every third or fourth game. He could play like a quarter of the games and maybe he'd be effective. But he's not – he physically can't play. You know, then Derrick Rose being out, that was a big part of it. You know, you look at the end of this game. Uh, R.J. Barrett goes in for a drive. Kevin Durant just took the ball out of his hands. A couple of seconds later, Alec Burks is going in for a drive. What happens with him? KD just took it right out of his hands, like, thank you, and they're down the other end. You know, it was – you could go through the list of each player and you can look at him. R.J. Barrett, he did improve this season. He did. I give him that. Did he improve as much as we want? No, but he he made some strides. I'll give him that. O.B. Coppin, he looked like he was making some strides going in the right direction in the last few games. But once they were out of the plan, it seemed like the pressure was off. Now the pressure's off. Now you guys are playing. I don't get it. Like when you had a chance to be in it, 
that energy and all that wasn't there. Now you're out of it, your season is over, and now you want to play. Like they were playing with no pressure, so they were just playing, which they should have done the whole second half of the season. You know, and I told you, I like that kid, Jericho Sims. I like him. I think he got, you know, a future. But he's young. He's making some mistakes. But he seems like he's going to go in the right direction. With the team, we could go, like you said, we could go one by one. I think Tibbs did the best he could for the most part. He had to deal with a bunch of injuries, a bunch of players that didn't pan out to what we thought we were getting. And, I mean, he did – I didn't agree with everything he did, like some of his rotations. Sometimes I felt like he left certain players in too long, you know. Sometimes I felt like the players that were on the court were making a move or were starting to gel, like the second unit at one point, he would take them out for the starters because their minutes were up. And then you ask him, he said, well, so-and-so was tired. Well, they weren't playing like they were tired, but that's his decision. And, you know, he's the coach. He's going to take some heat. And Julius Randle's going to take most of the heat. But it was a whole team effort of failure to me. The season, they didn't live up to the hype. They didn't live up to what everybody expected. And so somebody's going to take the blame for it. And unfortunately, everybody turned on Randall. And that's, like I said, it's because he's the face. So they're going to turn on him, and they did. And he didn't handle it well. He didn't handle it well at all. You know, but I get it. He's, He's human. He got feelings. But he's also getting paid to take that kind of heat. You know, and the more the fans turned on him or the more the media turned on him, the more he turned, you know, against them also. So everybody's looking at him. He's disgruntled. He don't want to be here. He's asking for trades. I don't think he ever asked for a trade, but it's clear that he wasn't happy. You know, it was clear to me he wasn't happy with the way things are going. And everybody's blaming him for everything. And some of it, it kind of looked like he did try to take on a lot of pressure. Like he tried to become the, the... game winner in some instances. Like, the ball moves around, it gets to him, and it sticks because he's going to go into an ISO. And sometimes, you know, you get mad when he does stuff like that. But I feel like he felt like he was had to. If nobody else is scoring, I got to try. I got to do something. You know, he took on the responsibility. He's getting paid for it. And sometimes it didn't work out. People get mad at him. I don't blame him personally. I mean, you can look at all the mistakes. Like, but tonight, you know, you got a 21-point lead. And you look, mm-hmm. KD hits a, you know, the one thing is KD takes the ball. He comes down with like two minutes left. He took the ball out of R.J. Barrett's hands. He's down the other end, three. He misses it. That long rebound, those rebounds, there was enough. No one around for the mix to get him. So what happens, KD gets his own rebound, kicks it out to Kyrie. He hits a three. Seth Curry, he hits a three. They're just shooting daggers left and right. It's like we fall apart and there's no cohesion, no nothing to, like, get us back together. I don't know if a timeout would work, but it's kind of, you could see it. You could just sit there and watch. Okay, there goes the lead from 21, 18, 15, 13. They got it back to 15. Then it's down to 10. Then it's down to 7. Then 5. Then it's tied up. And then it's like game over. You know, they just can't come back. I thought, you know, before we talked about they have no closers. They did well. Nope. Like the end of the half, the first half, they closed out pretty good. They closed out the first quarter pretty good. And then the third and fourth quarter, they just died. And you can't blame this one on Julius. He wasn't even in the game. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, nope. 
this one you can't blame on him. He was sitting there watching, sitting next to Derrick Rose. So I don't know. I mean, there's some players that I kind of, you know, see some hope for the future, but I don't know. Like Nerland, you know, he 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 played as much as me this season. You know? mm-hmm. I hope Derrick Rose comes back, but again, he's going to be a year older. You know, he did change his game up. I like him. They need they need somebody to come in. They need a point. We, everybody knows that we need somebody. Alec Burks. You know, he's like a fish out of water. He tried. He did. But he just can't, like, he can't go against, like, a real point guard. Because he can't. That's not his position. He's not comfortable. He did the best he could. But, you know, like I said, he looked like a fish out of water half the time. So, I don't know. I'm Like I said, I'm sad that the season is over because I enjoy watching him so I could talk about him. But uh, I got to look forward to next year, and hopefully they'll write this ship. Hey, Ab, you going to respond right. real quick before we bring on another Paul Bear and, and the Professor Chris? <laughs> I like that Paul Bear. <laughs> well, well, well. Uh, I guess, Shelly, the, the, the question for, I have for you, and, I'm, and actually I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask this across the board. Julius Randle last year – really showed um, his his family was on spotlight throughout the whole year last mm-hmm. year um, when he was succeeding. And yep. I, I sometimes wonder if he allowing his, you know, his family to be exposed as much to, so that they, that way they're well known around the city is, was that the reason that, because of, because apparently according to reports, you know, his wife got into it with, I don't know, Knicks fan TV or whoever the hell it was. And, you know, and his son <laughs> is obviously getting crap from from fans passing by that recognize him. Do you think mm-hmm. that that was something that Julius Randle made a mistake in exposing his family so prevalently last season that now they're paying the price this season? Well, I kind of think so, yeah. You know, the same way last season he was enjoying all the accolades because they had a good year, his family was enjoying it, and now when things went bad, like I said, you know, he's the face of the Knicks this year and last year. So they're going to take the heat too. So if you don't want them, you know, if you don't want them in the midst of, like you don't want them in that crossfire, don't put them out there like that. There's plenty of players that play. You don't see their families out there like that. You might see them, but he put his family on display and – now you got to deal with the consequences. Do I think it's right? No, that people treat him like that. They're not on the court. They're just there to support her husband and, her, and, his, and his dad. Kids don't have nothing to do with this. Should the fans treat him like that? No, they shouldn't. But they do. And that's, you know, part of, like, that, that, that's part of the price you pay to live that kind of lifestyle. If you don't want your family exposed like that, then don't put them out there. You know, you put them out there. You put them in the crossfire. When everything was good, it was fine. Now it's bad, and now you're mad because they're getting, they're, you know, going back and forth people. Now, for me, if it was me, first, I don't think she need to go back and forth with anybody. They want to say what they want to say. Let them say it. It ain't going to hurt you like that. They'll say something hurtful. They say that to him. But when you go back and forth and you open it up to now more people are going to come at you, and they start engaging, you know, 
you, your family, your son, you know, talking about you, talking about him while you're there. It's the same, you know, it's all part of the game. If he didn't put his family okay. out there, they they probably would still get heckled, but maybe not as much. But they got to learn to take it. Like, you don't want your son in it, then leave him home. He doesn't have to all come right. all the time. He doesn't. Especially when it's going bad and it's going sour. Why you keep bringing him? You know they're going to bother him. You know he's going to get upset. Let him stay home. He's a kid. You know, that's just my take. I wouldn't put my young kids out there like that in the line of fire. I could take it. I'm a grown-up, but I wouldn't put my little kids out there. All know. right. Let's bring on Chris and get his thoughts on the Nick funeral. We needed another Paul Barry. He got one. Let's go to Chris, Professor Chris, of of course, co-host of the Believe Blue Show, especially for the Big Blue Roundtable with Nickaholic himself. Good, sir. Because this casket's getting heavy. <laughs> it's getting heavy, man. I need I need help on my left shoulder, bro. Yeah, well, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll meet you all over by the cemetery because I'm not carrying this thing out. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, first of all, bitch. Uh, Shelly, I don't know you, but hello, and I, those were well, well-spoken words. Well-spoken oh, words. I walk with you completely. If you're going to – this is New York City. Let's get that shit out of the way right now. In New York City, somebody going to get the blame. If it ain't – if it ain't – um, if it ain't Eli – if it ain't Don Mattingly, it's going to have to be Julius Randle. That's just the way we roll. I've been playing, let me tell you something. I used to shoot ball all over the city when I was a kid, man. I've been a Knicks fan over 50 years. I used to shoot ball all over the city. The best place there was to play, though, was Bushwick High School. Nickelbacker Ave, do you know anything about that place? Why are you talking about my high school? Like, 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 you know I didn't go there and graduated from Bushwick High School. Thank you. Thank you. Let me tell you something. I learned my ball, real ball, there. And what happens is if you screwed up, you got to blame. The spotlight was on you. Because one of the criteria for playing was you had to talk shit. It was a New York, and it still is, a New York City trait. Big-ass birthmark on the on on the staff of basketball in New York City. Somebody going to get it. Now, let me tell you something. Everyone was a Knicks fan at that time. And if you had to be a Knicks fan, then you had to have a favorite player. You had to wear a certain kind of sneakers. You had to blame somebody whenever there was a loss or something like that. The times have changed, though. Now this is 2022, and you sort of look at things in the abstract, and you say, okay, who's responsible for this mess? Well, let me see. So you look at the head coach who just was rookie. Or he was the coach of the year last year, right? He's known for defense. He's known for improving records of of, of the, the various teams that he's coached, and he did that here actually last year. All right. So going forward with the nuclear, you know, we lost last year in, in the first round and it wasn't pretty, but that's okay because. You know, history tells us that that's what we do before we regroup and we get better the next year because the, the, the most of the nucleus is still intact. You still got your, co- your, your coaching staffs. 
and you also got the fans who believe in you. Let me tell you something. This is to Shelly's point, and you alluded to it earlier, Nickabaka. I'm going to segue back. Um, before I go back, go to that point, I'm going to go back to you real quick to this Julius Randle thing. Yo, you chose to wear the fucking crown, dude. All right? In Midtown Manhattan, there's a big-ass poster with 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 a with a with a, a three a threesome. It's got Reed on the left side, <laughs> um, Ewing in the middle, and your Rikers Riker's Island looking ass on the right. Okay, you brought your family in this. You chose to wear the crown. Everybody anointed you. What you should have did was be the fucking man. But all he's done all year, really, let's face it, is bitch all year. Get technicals. Wide about how he's been treated, giving thumbs down to fuckers who supported him. I don't like the dude any more than I did when he got here. But I didn't want that for him because he's wearing a white uniform with orange and, and, and blue in it. Okay? Now, either he's going to be the man at $21 million a year for us, or he needs to step the fuck out. You know, because he ain't impressing me worth shit. Does he de- deserve all the blame he's getting? Not Absolutely not. But you know what? Okay, that's the, the that's the question. That's the question. How much is the percentage not, of the blame? What what percentage are you putting oh, the blame him, on him? Oh, how much is the percentage? I'm gonna give him a big friggin' thirty five percent. That's a lot. He's the one who decided bad. to be the man. That's not too he bad. He decided to be the man. He called it. You get twenty percent just for being the man. That's that's the crazy part. You get twenty percent automatically if you're the man of the team. The other fifty percent is his actual play. So so let me let me follow up, Chris. Chris, let me me ask you this: If if he gets thirty-five, how much does how much you divide the rest of the percentages? Who gets the rest of the sixty-five percent? I'm going to have to automatically automatically the coaching staff gets twenty. So that leaves fifty-five. Then you then you then you talk about thirty five, right? So that leaves what forty five? Yep, yep. So that forty five, all right, because you you talk about the coach and you're talking about the lead the lead ball player who took the crown before in in, in um September or October, whenever training camp was, all right. So now you've got a forty five percent. Okay, now you got forty five percent of a nucleus. So you okay? Let's talk about that nucleus. Derrick Rose went down early. That means the guy that they signed over from Boston, Kimber Walker, or whoever he the fuck he came from, Kimber Walker is supposed to come back home and show exactly what it is to be a New York uh, – uh, um, what's the word I'm trying to find here? Just a, a garden player. Icon? That way. He's a, an icon. Thank you, brother. An icon. They also brought Evan Fournier over here to support that that situation. He's Evan Fournier for the most part has actually done his job. You didn't expect him to he came take over the back. franchise. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, Steve. You expected him to be third, at least at least the third goddamn wheel. Okay, at seventeen million a year or whatever it is. You expected that out of him. He, you didn't expect him to be the man because Randall has that. I mean shit. Last year in the playoff he was bringing the ball up. Calling plays, telling you what exactly what's to happen, you know, keeping um, oh. um quickly on the bench, all that shit. And now, that what? 
you was gonna say something. Yeah. I hear you. No, no, no. I, I mean, I'm just saying you you're making very good points, and I think it's backing up the overall issue why you're putting that 45 percent. We all think this on on the front office. I'm, I'm guessing that's I'm guessing that 45 percent is the front office, right? Yes, it is. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, really, I all of, all, of, all of the 45 percent. Front office. Wait a minute. I can't really say total front office because I'm not really sure when it's when 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 there's timeouts given because the Knicks have blown like four or five twenty point leads this year and lost. I don't know what the how many they did it tonight. Okay, and I don't know how much the Greer brothers, Johnny Bryant, none of them, Aaron Brooks. I don't know what they're telling these cats or what they're assuring them of when practice is happening or when the sidelines is going on or, or whatever. But it's not sticking, and it's not, and I can't really put that all of that on Thibodeau either, because he has demonstrated already what he can do with a team of this caliber. The leadership here sucks in on the court. Okay, so obviously Randall ain't the man either. Everybody says, well, you know, Rose shouldn't have got hurt. That's probably right. Okay, because he was able to sort of like reel in some 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 guys and get them to play their best ball at, in certain times when you didn't think it was possible. They were able to, to, to peel off some wins. And they've got a lot of surprises in them. I had a lot of surprises in them during this past year. I might as well say, you speak of the past tense, being that there's only like two games left or some shit. But, hey, the truth of the matter is the reason this team sucks is that there is no character amongst the players. That's the part where the lead ball player, your LeBron, for instance, your 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 um, Jalen over there in, in Boston, for instance, your Giannis, for instance, Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie, for instance, those guys have to step to the forefront and at least, it may not be a slam dunk, but at least you got to get your guys together in order to make them understand the unified vision that you're trying to convey. And we don't have any of that shit on, on the court. Hopefully, they, if they're really smart, they can go ahead and develop R.J. Barrett to be, be that Knickerbocker, that 12-year Knickerbocker that has been here a long time and knows how to captain the team. But hey, other than that, hey, if they hey, don't hey, get Ma- like that. R.J. Barrett, max contract, Chris, yes or no? Max contract, give it to him. And, 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 but, but you got to work with him. Give me a shot. Hell no. Give me a shot. Hell no. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up. You say hell no, but what do you do? What's the, what's, what's the alternative? What's the alternative? First of all, you have, R, you have R.J. Barrett for another year, so you don't have to give him anything. Uh, he's still controllable. That is not even the point, brother. There is but, no fucking leadership on the court. Who's your leader on the, the court? Right now, right now, it's supposed to be Julius Randle because he's the one making the max money at the moment. But you can't put this on on R.J. Barrett. He's only a third, you know, he's going to be a, a third year player, fourth year player, and you expect you're expecting him to be you know, to carry the load. Let's be realistic. Wait, wait, wait. That's not even in his DNA. That's not that's never been him. You have to give that man at least another two years well, to develop, and maybe, maybe. Okay, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. I'm talking about the Knicks now. I'm not talking about any other team, all right? I'm talking about the fact that the player development is not there. The leadership on the court, not there. I'm glad Which you means said that. Derrick Rose is $13 million 
ain't working on sitting sitting over there on the bench. Okay, you got to do something. You, so the smart thing to do at this case, in this case, is you got to develop your talent, and you can start with Barrett. Okay, you can you can you can you can add quickly to the mix with that shit. You can add um, add Cam Reddish to the mix with that. You can add Mitchell Robinson to the mix with that. You can add mm-hmm. Obi Toppin to the mix with that. Mm-hmm. But your leadership that you so far per, per, um, have right now, your Kemba Walker, your damn Julius Walker, um, Julius Randle, and, and them cats there, they, they ain't doing the job. This shit ain't working. We're out of the playoffs once again after a promising season last year. Oh, I can't wait to speak. <laughs> You're not working <laughs> Nigga, by Av, please, uh, you go ahead and uh, and I'll respond after you, uh, Av. Or actually, you respond and then Chris goes, comes back and I got I got I got to say some things. Um, um, I I I don't see how you can justify giving R.J. Barrett a max contract at this present time. Not when the Knicks have draft picks, have some money coming off the books. And have and and can actually go into free agency and probably bring something in. I'm not having high hopes for that, but the opportunity is there. They realize that in this past off season, the guys that they that they didn't go after, guys like Lonzo, guys like the, like the Rosen, and, and so on and so forth, that the guys that they didn't go after have now come back and bit them in the ass. So you would have to at least give the front office the opportunity to respond whenever the hell they want to do that. So you can't, I can't put, just like I can't put the blame on Julius Randle, I can then know, I can also not justify giving an R.J. Barrett a max contract when he's not playing at that level anyway. That doesn't make it, I mean, it's not like the Knicks are, you know, yeah, they're kind of desperate, but they're not desperate without without means. They have the means to, to, you know, to go out and make a trade and make an improvement and wait till see. And at this point, I'm, I'm I have I have no other choice but to wait till next season. I know I hate saying that. I know it, it bothers me and eats at me into my core. But what other choice do we have? And you know, we also do have the draft. And who knows if you, you know if the Knicks start if the Knicks management actually start to put some pieces together to move up in that draft or move down in that draft and and acquire some players. They you know they have assets. They're not pretty. They're not you know glowing assets, but they have assets, and they have enough young talent you know the, you know to kind of supplement that. So giving R.J. Barrett and a max contract and eating. And taking that big of a cap hit when you don't, when he's still not at at that level, it, it it's like fiscally and financially irresponsible, and it's crazy. All right, Chris. Is it, number one, Av, you said this last year, man. And you know what? You said it the year before. Okay. Now. All I know is after last year, after last year's friggin' abysmal friggin' Atlanta Hawks performance, I'm talking about Randall right now, all right? All I know is they gave him 174 to be the goddamn face of this franchise, okay? This year, 
I think his numbers have went down, but it doesn't even matter what the hell they are. All I know is that we're out of playoff contention. We're near the bottom of the goddamn conference. His vibe sucks on the field. I mean, on the field, on the court, and in the locker room. This is a game tonight against the cross time rivals. Where he and fuck that quad injury bullshit. That, okay, let's stop playing games. All right. His ass should have been on the court to show what kind of leader he is. I don't want to hear that nonsense. All right. Wait, wait, hold on. Can I, can I interject? Because I, I want you to continue your point. So the no, the, uh, the flip side to that was to see the flip side of that was probably more so to have Obi Toppin get more burn. Do you not agree to see more Obi Toppin and see what he could do with more minutes with Randall out? That's a good idea. That's a good idea if we was in fifth place. <laughs> but it's not. My earlier point was this. This is a good market, and it's difficult to handle when things go bad, okay? It's been bad here for years now, and now Randall gets a taste of it. He don't know how to handle it. He claims he want to stay here long term, and, that gave, and they gave him that new contract. If they Knicks put him on the trading block, if the Knicks put him on the trading block, not the fans, if the Knicks put him on the trading block, I don't see what's the, what's the problem with that. As long as they develop what they have, you know, you keep talking about con, uh, free agents and, and the draft picks, but this is the same ongoing shit for 20-something years now. That's not Randall's fault necessarily, nor is it um, Tibbs or probably this current version of the first um, of the front office. But this is a sad, old, bad, continual soap opera Bad-ass, just redundant story. The Knicks suck as a franchise. And right now you're saying give these guys a chance to do this, give them a chance to do that. Yo, they ha- how many chances do they need? They should have knocked it off, off the park this one, this one go round in. If they knew what they were doing, you know, we could have had that kid that's on the bullets that came from, um, oh, God. They came from the Lakers last year in the, in the damn what um the Russell Westbrook trade. They had a chance for that opening as soon as he was traded, but they didn't jump on it. They wanted to bring Dan Campbell back. That was a bad experiment. You got Fournier over here. That was okay if he was going to be a sixth or seventh man the rest of the year. It turned out that your best player down the stretch has been Alex Burks, and I don't know what he's going to demand in the off season now. You still got the young cats. You wouldn't play. You, you had Miles McBride in the, in, in the damn minor leagues. You brought Cam Reddish up. You had to have him, and you didn't play him initially, okay? Derrick Rose has been sitting forever, okay? Who else is left? Quentin Grimes, I don't know what to say. Todd is shot. So you got to develop the one you got. I wouldn't say that. I don't know about that one, though. Look, I'll tell you one thing. We're not a playoff team. Now, I agree. I agree. I agree. Now, let me let me work backwards. I, I want to be real quick because I want to go put, pass this back to Av and he can say his thing and go back to Shelly because you said a lot. I had to write it down. I had to get the notepad out, make sure I get it covered everything, man. Great thoughts, man. <laughs> Listen, I like Todd Gibson. I want Todd Gibson on my team. I've said that many a times all year round. He, Chris, he's underratedly developed that three-point three-point shot in that corner, man. We need that. We could usually use that as an occasional weapon. Do you agree with that? He's shooting like 35% with that sucker. If they decide to keep him around, yes, I do. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, keep you know what? Fifteen man roster. I I love Taj Gibson as a fifteen man. He plays hard. He's a he develops. I I keep him on my team, man, for real. Um, man, there's so many thoughts, man. Oh shit, where do we go? I see. I understand what everybody's saying about Randall. See, I'm a little different, maybe because my personality. I like a guy who doesn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? As long as you don't give a fuck to the point it's not affecting your production, I'm cool with that. Like I'm, I'm all for jackasses. It looks, it could look bad optically as far as going back and forth with the fans. I'm not saying I necessarily agree or with that, but you know, at the same time, Chris, Shelley, and Av. Sometimes I'm gonna be honest, Av, and I said this to you guys at that last time he did that uh, the Mets shit uh, on the court. Some of these fans need to. I know that's the fan. I know that's how Nick fans roll. But man, listen, man, we're it's gonna hurt us in the long run because players are gonna look at it like, man, I'm fucking with the Knicks. I'll go to the net. Yeah or nay on that? I mean, that's how that, that that's what you're starting to see. Ever since they came from Nick Jersey, fans, the, the 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 Nick fans. I said this some years ago, and I'm gonna say this again. The, one of the biggest problems with being, you know, with the Knicks is the Knicks fan because they're, you know, it's not because they're loyal. It's not because, but they have unrealistic expectations. And let's just be realistic. If anybody who's listening, if you've ever, if you know about New York and, and, and what kind of a city it is, there are a lot of assholes in this fucking city and especially drunk assholes. And so, if people are people are, are are making a point to stop Julius Randle, you know, while he's walking his kid or walking his dog or, you know, taking a shit or whatever the case may be, if they're taking the time to you know to you know to you know to get on his case because he put the thumbs down, I mean, are we really that overly sensitive? I mean, I I'm personally not. Yeah. I mean, at, at first when it happened, I didn't even know what was it about. It wasn't until like later on that I actually kind of like. Oh, that's what he was doing? Ah, fuck him. That's it. <laughs> and, and we moved on. But since then, people have been have made such a big fucking deal about it because they're so fucking overly sensitive. And it's ridiculous. Come on. Everybody be a little bit more of a grown-up. I can understand my kids act this way. But grown-ups? You know, that's, you, you know, the people that are actually paying the money to go to Madison Square Garden and paying for the jerseys, y'all really getting mad? Seriously? Man, Miss me with that shit. Come on, this is a grow the fuck I, I, up. Per, really, really, grow the fuck up. I've said, I've said it before, man, and I am not for booing players on my own team. I want to win. I mean, these guys are human at the end of the day. Chris, I understand exactly what you mean as far as, you know, you got to talk your shit when you're your own player going around the city and balling and all that. I get that. But it, it's, it's really going to hit – it's going to hurt our fan base in the long run when players opt not to come to Manhattan. They'll probably opt to go play in Brooklyn because the Brooklyn Net fan is not as ravaged as the Knicks fan. That's just the, I mean, look at look what the, the Nets players they've been picking up over the last 10 years. The Knicks, they, they are damn near lucky if they could get anybody on a superstar level because everybody will bypass New York. And even if they look at New York, you saw even in one summer, you saw Kyrie and, and uh, Irving go there, and they acquired the assets to even get Harden in the trade, and you ended up getting Ben Simmons out of that. I'm saying, I say this all to say is the Knicks fan, when you go too hard, it's, it's not a good look 
for the franchise long term because players in the NBA today's NBA, Chris and, and Shelly, you already know that that um, it hurts players in, in, in free agency. It, it really does. They're not going to want to come well, to play as man. They're not. Well, Steve, in, in defense of the fans, we've been looking at the front office for years. You know, whether it was Glenn Grunewald or it was Phil Jackson or Steve Mills or now, you know, Leon Rose and, and guys before them, Don, you know, um, Donnie Walsh. Or, or, it's like, I mean, there's a bunch of people that we've looked to to be the savior of this team, whether it, they be a coach, a player, or, a, or an executive. And none of them have panned out, what, you know, for whatever reason. And this is where – you know, and, and I hate to say this, but, you know, this is where the I hate Dolan chance could start over again. Because even if Dolan were to – Dolan paid Phil Jackson $60 million. He's, he's paying Leon Rose whatever he's, he's getting paid. And, he, and obviously we know about Steve Mills. But he's willing to fork out the money to win. But if players are not making the conscious effort to come to New York because of the management – and the history of that management, then the fan, the at least the intelligent fan, has to be, be, be you know be aware of that and not just focus on Julius Randle because he's the most visible player, a person in the Knicks organization. You have to look at the management. So when the fans go shitting oh. on on the players and people, they're they're really just getting mad at management. Oh, and back to Dolan. I totally, I, I totally agree with you. That's why my percentage, what Chris said, what how, how much you said, Chris, with forty five percent for the front office. Mine's probably up to sixty five. This is a front office fuck up from the big. I can come on this show week in and week out with you guys and gals, and knowing that the Knicks are not going to make the playoffs the moment Derrick Rose got hurt. I already knew this shit was fucked. You're going to go back in the archives, and I said that. But I'm loyal to the platform. I'm loyal to the Knicks. You know, watching Knicks day in and day out, it's it's an insane way to live. I get it. But I know basketball. I know what I see. And I know when I know you don't have a point guard, especially in New York City. (laughs) In today's NBA, how do you not have that? They didn't address it. And that's where you fucked up. And that's in the offseason. Kimball Walker was a, a, a flea market deal. I can't blame that on... Kimball Walker for being bought out by OKC. You know what I'm saying? It's not like Kimball Walker had all these expectations coming from Boston with them shot-ass knees. We knew he was done. It was just kind of a Hail Mary at a cheap deal for two years. Evan Forney, I'll give you props on this, Chris. You were right about this because I wasn't a fan of the signing because of what Av said. We should have got the, went after DeRozan. Maybe that's part of the reason why I'm making this argument why players choose not to come here. They went elsewhere. But I'll say this as far as Evan Fournier, he did set the, the Nick record for three, uh, surpassing Starks. You know, I think that is somewhat of a big deal as far as, you know, his personal contract. But I want to say one more thing. I'm going to go back to Av and go to Shelly after that. Av, the season was fucked in February. That's where, that's where everything was done. I mean, we knew, I said yeah. Derrick Rose is out, but it really it reared his head on that West Coast trip when we lost to the Lakers that Saturday. We were up 20, lost the lead to the Lakers. And then remember we had that fluke win versus Golden State. Remember we had lost to the Jazz and we lost to we got smoked by Denver. But there was that stretch right before the All Star break, and I said it was. We came on on the post game here. That loss in Portland right. on Saturday. They had nobody. 
Damian literally didn't play. We had a lead. The Knicks couldn't find a bucket in the fourth quarter. We lost that game. That was one of the worst losses of the season. The very next game, we came back home. Uh, 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 two days later, we played OKC. OKC didn't even have Shea Gilchrist Alexander. And they had our way against o- Oklahoma City beat us. How's that supposed to happen? That was the the worst two losses in that stretch of the season. And then the very next game, a home game, no Durant. Kyrie Irvin was already still not playing in New York because of the VAC situation. No Harden. Knicks had a double-digit lead like they did tonight. Blew that lead right before the All-Star break to the Nets without any of those superstars. And that's when the season was totally fucked. That whole month of February was jacked, man. And um, it was point guard. That 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 it's a, it, that's the front office issue for me, man. Point guard. I know Julius Randle gets a lot of heat. I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Julius Randle supporter because I think he to me he seems like his, you can wear his emotions, you can follow his emotions for the good or the bad. To me, he fights and argues with the rest. He doesn't get a lot of the calls, and he's fighting for those calls. We never had that right th- since the, since Melo left. Um, but then right. I, I got a little bit more to say, man. And I think there's a development. When I come back around, I want to get on that development talk because Chris is on it because I already had it on my notes. Because quickly, man, I mean, quick, especially quickly, Mitchell Robinson offensively, and then you know, Ab, I know, I know you want to say this too, man, because the Knicks not making a deal at the All Star break, and the only thing you got was Cam <laughs> Reddish for for for, for uh, Kevin Knox. I mean, come on, man. That, that's front office shit. Like, you didn't, you didn't even play. You didn't even. You're not even. What's the plan there? I don't even know the plan there. For real, for real. It, was basically, it was basically to keep the seat warm. To keep the seat warm oh, for Knox wow. while he left. <laughs> wow. Uh, anything else you'd like to add before we go back to the show? Yeah. Uh, um. I, I mean, just talking about that trade deadline. The fact that we that, that I mean, he was on it. That. I, I I I could not stress this enough. I know Dominic stressed this. Mr. Live stressed this. You stressed this. The the point guard that we needed to get at the draft. Yep. This is became available. Became available. Was moved. And the Knicks stayed pat. Chris, Chris, you're a Halliburton guy. How do you explain that? <laughs> I was you can't. completely crestfallen. You, you can't. You, he was ready, and even his team thought he was going to be a Nick, remember? But, hey, <laughs> not his team basketball team, but whoever manages them or whatever. So, um, hey, man, um, how do I feel about that? Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Completely Front missed office. opportunity. Front office. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that right now. And but 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 when but then but then you think about it. You you think about all the other players that did get moved, and the the one move that the Knicks did make, you you gave up Kevin Knox, which wasn't a which wasn't a loss. You gave up that extra pick that you had, which wasn't going to be wasn't going to be that valuable, but still a pick is a pick. And you got Cam Reddish for nothing, basically. Because he hasn't played more than maybe twenty minutes the entire season. That's true. The very reason, the very reason that the, 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 the Cam Reddish wanted out of Atlanta because he wanted a bigger role. He got a smaller one in New York. 
How does that? How does that? Uh, how how do the, the, does management and Tom Thibodeau, which is one of the reasons why management and Tom Thibodeau are not on the same page. You know, there's a lot of people in management that really don't like him. But the the, the fact of the matter is, is that how do you how do you justify that, knowing that you were going into the All Star break, that you, you know you were. What is at the time we were six games out of the twelfth or eleventh, and we needed a point guard. We needed more shooting. We needed, you know, to you know to fortify the bench. And you have draft picks and young players and cash to play with. And you decided, no, I'm not doing any of that. Why? Because Madison Square Garden is always going to be a sellout because tourists and, and, and corporate accounts are always going to keep that building full because the, because the average Nick fan is so blind, they will freaking root for them no matter how bad they are. That just tells you that I don't care. Who, at this point, I don't care who you hurt. If the Knicks yeah. decide to trade Julius Randle tomorrow, I wouldn't be upset. Mm-hmm. I would be upset if if it's not fair market value. Mm. That's the only reason I would get upset is that if you're trading Julius Randle, you better tell me who, you better give me a name that I recognize immediately, and be like, "Ah, right, he's that's a great he, he's stupid." Not because you are. Uh, uh, we could go to Shelly after this. See, that's the issue I have. So I have with the Nick fan too, who is getting on Julius Randle and talking about trading. Okay, who? What? Chris, you you know the NBA. What player is available right now on their contract that's going to be fair market value for Julius Randle right now? That's the see. You can't. A lot of these Nick fans can't answer that. Not a lot. Of, a lot of them can't. A lot of them can't. And it's also that's a difficult question at this point. Once you gave the man seven hundred and seventeen million over four years, but I will say this, and it's not okay. And there's not that many suitors. Okay, maybe New Orleans, possibly. Okay, so you can have the reunion of the Duke boys. Maybe, um, let me see, maybe Dallas might be willing to do a little something and we get a legitimate point guard uh-huh. with, um, with, well, I mean, just the package. You're going to have to get a third team involved. You're not, you're not going to be, it's not going to be straight up. So I would just say, I would say Dallas is always, because uh, Mark Cuban's always, always wants he wants a second option of scoring, and um, and the Knicks need need a point guard like Jalen Brunson on his squad, and it could be a reunion with Tim McCart, Hardaway Jr. You never know, something like that. I'm just I'm just I'm just philosophizing here. You can always talk about the Wizards too, you know who wanted who want to do more at this point, so they're willing to part with Kuzma, they're willing to part with um K- KCP, things of that nature. But that leads to the other question, which. It's it's kind of a it's kind of redundant, which is, yo, what's the vision for this team? You got three got there in your front office. You got a president, a general manager, and an executive vice president, senior basketball advisor, who we hired for situations such as this. And like you guys, if they were aggressive, we would have we would be in sixth place right now. But they weren't. They stood pat on over everything. And they made some questionable acquisitions. I'm not really sure what the fuck's going on. To me, this is no better. Well, it is better, but this is this this is like ten years ago, man. You know, this is almost Donnie Walsh level 
where he tried and it was and everything he did was shot the fuck down. You know? So I don't even know what the fuck's going on, man. Uh, Shelly should come on up. Come on now. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm All right. Yeah, Shelly, what, what's your thoughts, man? <laughs> I don't know what's going on now. He just, he just had me laughing. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I'm still stuck. Like, if you want to trade Julius Randle, I don't know who you're getting back for him, and I don't know who wants to come in. I've just got the feeling that, you know, the way the fans are and the way the season's been going, there's a lot of players that don't want to come here. They, You know, they're opting to go to Brooklyn instead of coming here. They're still in New York and just not playing with the Knicks. I mean, at one time um, when Kyrie was still up there in Boston, he made everybody kind of believe he was going to be a New York Knick. And then he popped up as a Brooklyn net, you know, I just feel like everybody's going that direction. We're not going to get players that want to come here the way things are, but I don't see it changing. And I don't, you know, and um, going back to RJ Barrett, I'm one of them also that I don't think I would give him a max contract right now. You know, he's improving. He's getting a lot better, but he's not there yet. I don't see him being the franchise player or the leader on the court. I just don't see that in him. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see it. I don't actually see it in anybody on the team right now. I don't know who that player is right now. The closest thing we have is Julius, and he don't seem like he wants the role anymore. So, you know, my thing is, okay, we got a lot of nice young players. Um, Some of them will make steps in the right direction. Um, OB, you know, the last few games with Randall out, he seemed like he's making a little bit better decisions out there. He's still making some mistakes, like even tonight. You know, he's on the low post. He got Kyrie Irving is guarding him, and he's passing. He's like not looking to shoot. Like, you got somebody half your side. Yeah, Turn around no. and shoot. Yep. You know, I was like, and he got the ball. He passed it out. He got it back again, and he passed it out again. And I'm thinking, like, those kind of decisions, like, somebody needs to go upside his head. Like, you've got somebody, when you turn around and you can see the basket, they're sitting like a foot below you. Take the damn shot. Those kind of things got to be worked on. But we got, you know, we got some young players. They got some bright spots. Um, you know, next season, I'm looking towards next season. This season is done. It's over. Who are we gonna, who's going to be around? Who's left? Uh, I don't know. Like, for me, there's some players, I don't care if I never see them again. You know, like New Orleans, I like him as a player, but he's been invisible. Uh, you know, if he don't come back, who cares? Uh, he hasn't played anyway. You know, we got a bunch of nice young players that maybe we can get something for, but if they're going to stay here, then you need to develop them. You need to work with them over the summer. For one thing, everybody got to work on their foul shots. I mean, they miss like... I don't know tonight. It must have been about 14, 15 foul shots they missed tonight. That makes a difference in some of these games, you know, that they're losing. They're missing all these foul shots. Everybody already knows that. You know, they got people that can work with them on that. Over the summer, you know, I like to see all of them. Um, Obi, work on your three-point shot. You know, everybody work on foul shots. Let's get somebody out here. You know, Julius don't want to stay. 
I don't see him going anywhere because I don't see anybody picking up his contract, and I don't see who we're getting back from him. And I don't think they're going to give him away for nothing. So I'm kind of resigned to the fact that he's coming back, and maybe next season will be a little better. You know, this season they didn't live up to anybody's expectations. Maybe next year, I don't know, maybe Julius will keep his family home so he don't have to worry about his son getting heckled and stuff. Um, Derrick Rose, I hope he comes back. You know, he probably, if he does, you know, get his ankle straight and everything, he'll probably be a more diminished capacity. I can't see him really playing. He is getting older. But he actually has that mentality to be the floor leader. That's what they miss. They don't have it. He's getting older. They need somebody to come in and shake up that, be the coach on the floor kind of thing. You know, Alec Burks, I like Alec Burks. I liked him when he was with the Sixers. I like him there, but I don't like him as a point guard. That's not his position. He doesn't seem to be comfortable with it. He does it, you know, because they asked him to, but he doesn't feel, doesn't look comfortable playing that role. And I'd like to see him go back to his natural position. You know, um, Mitchell, he's great defensively. He needs some offense. Um, I don't know, like, I'm just trying to go down the line with these players. Uh, like I said, they got nice, like, I told you, I always like that kid, Sims. Uh, you know, he actually scored some points tonight. He was out there battling. He had some nice slams, you know, and he looked good. He's athletic. I like him, but he's another one. He's raw talent. They got to work with him. I don't know. Maybe they need to – I don't know what Tibbs needs to do with his coaching staff because he got, like, nice young players that need to be developed. If he's the person to do it, I don't know. He's known as a defensive coach, but this year, I don't know where their defense disappeared to, but they didn't seem to be the defensive team that they were last year, and maybe they didn't have the right players to do it, but they just they weren't the same team. They didn't have the same mentality on the court. They didn't seem to have that fight in them, and they seemed to have lacked a lot of cohesion. They just weren't a team out there, and they didn't have anybody to pull them together. And then now, the last few games, they actually start looking like they were having fun, like they could play. But then again, the pressure was off. They're out, out of the playoffs. They didn't have no, you know, no pressure to win, and they looked pretty decent. So I hope that means there's a glimmer of hope for next year. But um, RJ, he's not going to be, at least not now. I don't see him taking over that role as being the, the leader on the court. You know, I just don't see him doing that. But like you said, we don't have that kind of person like the LeBron James that brings everybody together. Like Giannis said, okay, come on, like, rally up the troops. That should have been Julius, I think. But he just, this season, he just didn't have it in him. And maybe last season was a fluke. Even though his numbers are the same, the way the team was playing, maybe he gave us a false impression. I don't know what the answer is. I I have the answer. What's the answer? Tell me. Help me out. Well, I, have a, I, oh, I, I actually have a proposal, but we could go to Av. Av, okay, let's say, and Chris, and I, I mentioned his name, and I said his name earlier in this season as far as to Dominic. Uh, Av, I want your thoughts. We only got 10 minutes left, so I'll be real quick because I want to kind of touch on the developments on my final thoughts. Av, if you are to ship Julius Randle, even though I wouldn't, but this is what I would do, Av, and tell me if you agree or disagree. Chris, same thing. 
I will ship him to Oklahoma City, a team we've done trade deals with before, and in return, match the salaries of Shea Gilgis Alexander, a $10 million difference, throw in a Noel, throw in another free agent, get the point guard of your future. You're just going to have to pay about 35 to $40 million over the next four or five years by the time Gilgis Alexander uh, is, what, 29 until he becomes an unrestricted free agent. That is the point guard you go after. That, that's what the Knicks need. If Randall's not happy, you know OKC loves getting draft picks from motherfuckers. Get go. That's the guy. Don't go for Lillard because he's already like a year, two years uh, behind Derrick Rose. I, that defeats the purpose for me. That's your move, Knicks. If you want to trade for Randall, send him back home. Well, he's from Dallas, but Oklahoma City's not that far. It's like, what, two hours on 35? Somewhere in that part of the country. Send him to Oklahoma City. Ad, what's your thoughts? It's not a bad trade. Uh, I'll, I'll give you that. It's not a horrible trade. Um, it's a pricey one. Um, and Lord knows we need the point guard. Um, I just don't see – I don't know. Why would Oklahoma City go for it? I mean, because they, they've been known to accumulate since the okay since that team had the Ibaka, Westbrook, Harden, Kevin Durant. They since they never won with that core, they've been kind of been on the accumulate rookies development. You know, have Chris Paul for a year, then let him you know go to go to Phoenix. You know, they kind of like been a placeholder franchise for the last several years. With uh, what was what's his name, Pressy, that general manager. Yeah, yeah. so. Send Randall there. You know, he's close to Dallas and Oklahoma City. You know, you ain't got to worry about Heckling fans there. You get your point guard back. You know the Oklahoma City Thunder ain't going nowhere. You're pretty sure don't want to deal with that. You know, what, I mean, I don't see what, what's the win-win or lose-lose for both sides. Well, the win, obviously, is you get the point guard. The lose is, you know, you know is, is salary. Um, and also, how do you replace – the 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 double double that is Julius Randle almost triple double because you know yeah, he has a business. That's the that's the other part. Now do you have enough balls to pull that deal? Hoping Obi Toppin comes to what sixty five seventy percent of Julius Randle. Like that's the that's the uh, that's the other part. Because I, 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 I mean, mm-hmm. he, he look 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 Obi Toppin has been showing up. Um, you know, now that he's getting the opportunity, but as as Shelly alluded to it earlier in 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 her um, talk, is that that was after the fact that the Knicks didn't have the pressure. I don't know if Obi Toppin can handle an 82 game season and trying to you know be half of what Julius Randle was on a consistent basis. That's the and that's the key consistency. Given Obi Toppin is good, he's not he's not terrible. He's he's okay, and he can only get better. But to to, to expect him to kind of like to step into that starting the starting power forward role because then what you know then you know or, then what do you go after in the draft? Or 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 he gets better because you get the point guard to play with him. That is true. 
That is true, and and it'll definitely help out R.J. Barrett, so he can he can assist number one. He helps out everybody. So you know you'll move him, you move R.J. to the number one. You you you, you have um, Fournier at the moment as as your number two scorer, and you, you know you have Toppin as your three or your four because you still have Derrick Rose for another year. Um, I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate the uh, you know the trade proposal that you just came up. Um, I mean, I'm not for trading Randall, but if I was, that's the type of deal I would go for. Not that I would trade uh, Randall, but that's how I would look at the, the, if I was. No, I, I know what you're saying, but like I'm not for trading him either. But if I were, but you know, if I'm Knicks management, knowing what the you know what what the Knicks fans are expecting and, and hoping you know to kind of turn this thing around. If you're looking for a turnaround, I don't know, maybe no look Oklahoma City, look further north into Minnesota and see mm-hmm. what you can do to reunite Thibodeau with Towns. Or who knows? I, I, I mean, I know everybody hates this idea, but, you know, Zion is not happy in New Orleans, and, and you know that you know Oklahoma City has to kind of – I mean, New Orleans has to come up with something – to please their fan base if if they just let Zion go for nothing. And so, I mean, maybe they turn Zion Williamson into a Julius Randle and, 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 you know, probably fight for the playoff spot this year as opposed to being just indulged in the doldrums of, of, their, of their division. Um, but, I mean, this is, of course, all speculation. You know, we don't make the decisions. I just, you know, I – I'm not ready to let go of Julius Randle just for anybody, you know, but if a proposal like that were to be, were to be placed on, on Scott Perry's desk and Leon Rose is overseeing and Worldwide West is overseeing, you have to look at it and you have to at least ponder it and consider it because um, you can't, you can't expect that uh, you can't expect going into next season that, that Kendall Walker is going to be your starting point guard. No, or you expecting fucking Miles um, McBride to be a starting point guard or hell, I don't even expect Ju- um, Derek Rose to be a starting point guard. Hell, there mm-hmm. have been reports that, you know, the Knicks are willing to accommodate Derek Rose, you know, if he chooses to leave the Knicks and let's say he wants to go fight for a contender or even return to Chicago for his last, for his, his last year, you know, if that's the case, what are what are the Knicks really expecting to get for a Derrick Rose? A second uh, round pick? <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, we got about five minutes. Uh, Chris, give us the final thoughts, man. And also, what do you thought is if not keeping Rose? I mean, Rose Randall. What would you want to do in trying to get something in return? Your thoughts, and of course, you know, if you want to do any plugs, of course, and then we'll get Shelly's final thoughts, and then after. I'm going to be real quick because I know there's a little time on here. I had a big explanation to uh, reply to what um, um, Nickelback Ave just said, but I'm going to make mine real quick. And I will go ahead and do a blockbuster, and I try to get three or four teams involved. But And you know what? i got to tell you, um, Shea Alexander is a very good point guard coming in at a low price. He would do really, really well on this team. But if you and really want to make a difference, that's right. He's Kentucky too. 
But speaking of Kentucky, I tell you what, if you really, really wanted to make a mark here, if you really wanted to boost this franchise and get and get the shine on it, if you really wanted some leadership, if you wanted a person that was would be absolutely thrilled to be in this spotlight, in the, right on right there on Thirty Third Street, to boost the fuck out of this franchise and and just elevate it to what it should be, I would look a little bit further to the west and I would go with De'Aaron Fox. I would take over that particular contract with. And I and I block. You have to package it though. It ain't easy. You got to package it. You got to get some teams and some some draft draft choices um, um, involved. But he would be thrilled to be a New York Knickerbocker in this fucking market, a former Kentucky Wildcat. And you got and you. I would bring him before I brought I brought uh, Shea here. Okay, that's the guy you want. Since he was here, since 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 um Halliburton left. He has elevated his freaking game. Crazy. Crazy. He's probably averaged about 28 points a game since the All-Star break. Okay? He's got this really nice game. Everybody knows about his game-breaking speed, but he's got it going on now for the three at mid-range. That makes his drive even more complicated, and that's a New York thing right there for a team like this. Because And also, he sees the freaking court. Now he's not gonna go, you know, he's not gonna score forty four a fucking night. But his dynamicism, but, I tell you what, it would be fantastic but, for the New York Knickerbockers. But here, that would be not that you're wrong. I don't. I like the Aaron Fox, but they got some bonus on that team. Why? How? Make that happen. Randall has to go. They're not gonna keep Sabonis and Randall. I don't care what they do. I'm talking about what we do. Okay. Okay. But, but, but why would Sacramento do it? That's my question. And I'm sorry, I disagree with you. The Aaron Fox I like, but but his you know his speed. Oh, Sacramento. Okay, sorry. But, but, but Chris, Chris, his speed, although it's great, and you know his score vision is great, but you're forgetting who the head coach is. Tom Thibodeau operates under the half court set, so his so his speed. Pretty much is, is, is nullified. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. It's nullified. It, it, that's um, not how Tibbs yeah. plays basketball. He he coaches basketball out of the half-court set, and that's how he likes. He needs to change that and be up with the times, but that's yes. what Tom Thibodeau do. Well, if if um if um Pop can do it with Murray, okay, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that 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 Tibbs can do it with Fox. I'm just saying, it's possible. But he, but but the question is, who would you who would you add to this squad to make it shine? This is the guy. This is the guy. Okay, I think he would be one of the best goddamn um, point guards. He's already one of the best young point guards in the league. But you bring him to the East, he'll explode. And if you bring him to this particular franchise. Uh, 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 right there on 33rd Street, Lord have mercy. The, the freaking city would go wild, and we would really have a rivalry there. I'm just saying, that is that would be my choice because of the personality that he would bring to this team. He He's the one who belongs on those billboards down, down, down on Broadway. That guy. That's all I got for you. Shout out to Chris, man, and catch up with him on Thursdays. Uh, for the football, yeah. man, and thank you, sir. 
right. Let's go to Shelly and get her final thoughts because we're out of time, man. Shelly, final thoughts and then wrap up our funeral. (laughs) I I like the Aaron Fox. I do like that, but I don't know who you're going to give up for him other than Julius Randle. I I would love to see him here. I like him. I like that thought, but I don't know what kind of package you're going to give up to get him. And um, it would be interesting. I kind of like the sound of that. The more he was talking about the end, I was like, I, I could see him here. But, again, I'm not sure who you would give up for all of that because I don't see them taking Julius Randle with the bonus there. Like, that, just, that trade doesn't seem to work. You're going to have to give up some of these other guys. So I don't know how it will work out. But if we could get him here without losing too much, I would take it. Um, final thoughts on this season is over. It's done. It's in the books. I'm looking forward to next season and hopefully – um, see what happens in the off season, you know, with free agency and stuff. Hopefully we'll do something. You know, we have to do something. They can't sit around like they did with the trade deadline and do nothing. They gotta do something with this team. They got to. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do, but they have to do something. So I'm gonna close the books on this season and keep my hopes up high for the off season, the free agency and our drafts. And hopefully the front office will come through for us. They haven't so far, but maybe they got something going on we just don't know about. I doubt it, but got my fingers crossed. <laughs> there you go. Good All night. right. Shelly. Shout out to Shelly. Ah, close this out, man. Final thoughts, man. Close this out. In the words of the great. Mark Calloway, a.k.a. The Undertaker, who was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame last weekend at WrestleMania weekend. This season, although we have two more games left, can rest in peace. This year is over. Our, 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 the, the fun and games are over. The hopes, the dreams. If you want to watch the last two games, great. I probably still will because I, I may have nothing to do. But thank God baseball is back. And we can start talking about the Yankees because the Knicks for I, I don't know I, I don't know how many years it is now, but for like the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, it's a whole bunch of times have disappointed me again. And yep, they've disappointed you. They disappointed this, the, the stakeholders on this platform people who actually watch, listen to us and, you know, and give and listen to our comments and our analysis, it's over. And, you know, I know Steve is going to still be doing the round ball hoops and, you know, talking about the playoffs and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I, I may just go into hibernation when it comes to basketball, catch maybe a, a game or two, you know, between now and the finals and just go back into baseball, man, because at this point, you know, just watching basketball will just continue to piss me off. It's like, well, there's another run, well-run organization who got it right, and we didn't. We keep on hiring these these executives with no experience being an executive. Meanwhile, we have a general manager that's completely silent and obsolete. And then here's the end result. Again, yep. folks. If you don't agree with me, you know where to find me. I, and I agree. Until then, sangre azul all day, every day. Orange and blue, but blue all the way. Good night, yep. ladies and gentlemen. 
And good, good night. night and then uh, and then uh, next week I'll be on here and guys and gals feel free to join us. We talk NBA live looking uh, uh, the playoffs in the playoffs as well. Get ready for that. Av, I hate to break the news to you, man. I know you're getting ready for your Yankees, but it ain't gonna look too good this season. I mean, you heard it from me, man. I'm just being honest, man. It's gonna be a long season for that team too, man. I hate to say it. It's just Why you, too, too much competition. Hey, we too haven't much even we have to yeah, throw out the first pitch, and he's already he's already blowing up whatever little optimism I have. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just being honest, man. I know. Honest. Don't get me. You, you know. You know what? Now that I have this extra free time, I may have to go to the dugout and start bugging you guys again. Hey, hey, come come through. Hey, Ab, I'll give you. I'll give. I'll give you something else, though. You may like this. At least we have one championship team at Yankee Stadium. If you feel me, you got the, you got the soccer team. Oh my God. Roll with them if you want. That could kill you summer. You know, I've I've been trying to look for I, I've been trying to look for you, you know a, a, a New York City Football Club um, World Champions T-shirt anywhere in the city. You can't find them. I I, 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 I I'm like I didn't want to order them online because I actually want to see them in person and hold it in my hand and see if it fits me or something like that. But no, you can't find them anywhere. That's just kind of crazy to me. In New York City, we finally have a world champion. Yeah, you probably have to go down to the stadium to the gift store. I mean, straight up, right there, right there, right down Grand Concourse. You know? Um, Yeah, I mean, I I actually got a championship team. They happen to play a different sport, though, to be honest. (laughs) So, Chris, real quick, how how do our Giants look? He he bounced. Uh, Oh man, he'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shelly would tell you she was there in Philadelphia. We're embarrassing ourselves, right, Shelly? <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. But you know I'm what? Still talking you, 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 shit. Oh, oh, of course you are, and that's why we love you. But you know what? Um, maybe I need to get get up on my hockey education and go and talk on something lighter yeah, on, on, on a much more happier note. Nah, yeah, come through for that. Uh, yeah, we got a chance. Uh, I, I, have a chance. I, I, I've been paying attention. I've been paying attention, and all I see is the Rangers win, 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 no matter what, and, and winning in in style. That's what I've been seeing, and um, I'll leave that out to, to Ranger Proud and, and, and the rest of the crew. But I'm, I, but I may sneak in a couple of times into that rink and just start, you know, Please, yeah. rambling nonsense about it. Yeah, come through, man. I that's the crazy thing about how you predict this shit, and we'll, we'll bounce after this. The Rangers are is kind of what we thought the Knicks would have been if everything was together as far as a deep run, and then the Rangers kind of like to me is I would say I, I, I would say they're overachieving a little bit. I would say that because some things like Chris Bryant of all his <laughs> scoring. Well, yeah, because he finally put the best season in his career up out of nowhere. Nobody expected that. And I think that's a huge that, difference. That, that, that was sarcasm, Steve, because because yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Because, you, you know, coming into the season, everybody was you know saying that you know the, the Rangers are still about another two years away. And the way right, they are right. doing, they're handling business now, it's, yeah. it, it's astonishing oh, yeah. oh, yeah. that it's astonishing to me that two organizations that operate <laughs> out, out of the same building same owner. cannot same owner. get on the same wavelength. I, 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 and they're the same <laughs> owner. And, you know, Dolan's not messing with them. <laughs> right. 
It's all about who's your president and your general manager. It comes down to that. You're right. Rangers made moves at the deadline. Moves. No problem. Approachable. On it. So this is that's another thing. I'm glad we have this platform because when Nick fans, you know, sometimes it is on Dolan. I get it. That, but I'm on the hockey side too, and I see it. And look at the Rangers moves. They had this is the they had an A plus trade deadline. A plus. No issues with their moves. They are ready for a Stanley Cup run. Big time. And, yes, and you know what? And, 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 and you know what? Um, I may not know so much about hockey, but I do see them, you know, at least fighting for the East. And yeah. that's kind yeah. of – that's saying, that's saying a lot because, I, you know, it's crazy. I predicted the Knicks would be fighting for the East. Here are the Rangers who are supposed to be two years away – about to compete for the Eastern Conference and represent and represent the city in the proud way in the Stanley Cup Final. I mean, that's that's astonishing to me. Yeah. Oh, but it we is. digress. You know, the Nick, conversation will continue, folks. Only on the Bleed Blue Show. Yeah, Nickelbacker Avenue Fan Forum, Av, Shelly, Chris, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Check out Av on Nickelbacker Avenue and also the Bleed Blue Show and also uh, on IG. Av, I hope we see some of your rants this uh, offseason, man, on IG, man. Don't 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 go away from that. Those are beautiful things, man. Bring these Nick fans on and have that dialogue, man. And as well, we'll be back on as well this week to week. Oh, oh I intend to. I, I, I intend to. I, 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 I intend to kind of like um, – Right now, my 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 initial plan is to kind of relaunch the whole you know the whole social media because I've kind of stayed away from it. Um, I just got tired of Nick's Twitter and, and and you know the team's still sucking. But I'm gonna wrap that up and you know if if I can make a difference in some, in, in in the situation, I can I will. And if I you know if I'm not, I'm sure that I'm motivating somebody who will. So as always, mm. I, I'm the handles are there. I may not be checking them all the time, but I will check them. And, I, and if you have something to say, you know, I, my feelings won't get hurt. I'm not, I, I'm not overly sensitive like some people. You got something to say? Hit me up. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Nickelbacker Ave. Always here. Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please boop. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blue, 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 blue.